Welcome in, everyone, to the Buncombe Street United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Chris Ashley. I'm the director of congregational engagement here at our church and the host of this podcast each and every week. If you're tuning in for the first time or if you haven't checked us out in a while, we're actually concluding a six-part series on the most well-known chapter of Scripture in the Bible, Psalm chapter 23. And we are, we've are we been going verse by verse, week by week. You can go back and check out all those episodes for verses 1 through 5. But today we're going to be heading into verse 6. And before we get started, I want to first off just apologize for the tardiness of this episode. Uh, had quite a busy week and then got uh, sick a little bit. So I uh, haven't been able to crank this out, but glad to finally get it to you this week. Um, and then, so there won't be another episode this week. So the next episode will be coming out on July 27th with a new series. Uh, I haven't finalized exactly what that's going to be, but it'll be something similar to what we've been doing here with Psalm 23. We'll be walking through um, some scripture bit by bit, probably not verse by verse. Um, I'm thinking I have a couple of different options that I'm mulling, and uh, and but it will be a more Bible study centric type episode like what we have been doing uh, so far over the past month or so. All that being said, uh, I would love to jump in here to Psalm chapter 23, verse 6. But before we get to verse 6, I want to recap and read verses 1 through 5. They say this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. And now verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verse 6 here is is a great um, end cap on this passage. And and a lot of things, it kind of brings everything back around. You know, we've talked over the last couple weeks how the first couple episodes, first couple verses really play off this analogy of the Lord as the shepherd. And then it kind of transitions for verses four and five. And here in verse six, it kind of ties both sections back together. So we've been asking three questions about each verse. Uh, What does it say about God? What does it say about us? And how can this verse shape us? And so we're not going to change that here at the last week. We're going to do that same thing here for verse 6. So the first question here, what does verse 6 say about God? And again, I see... Two separate things here. So first, it says, surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy. God's goodness, God's mercy, his favor, his blessing, and his provision. Those are the things that are being talked about. And and we'll we'll get into the next part of that uh, when we talk about what it says about us, but the, the following us, right? Surely his provision, his favor, his blessing is going to follow us. But the thing I, I find the most interesting is that ver- that word at the very front, surely, surely goodness and mercy 
you know, the old joke, don't call me Shirley. Um, surely there's an assurity, there's a certainty, there's an expectation that if we are allowing God to be our shepherd, if we are allowing him to lead us in the way that David talks about in the first five verses here, that we should feel some semblance of certainty that God's provision and favor and blessing and goodness and mercy is going to be there for us. Now, does that mean that it's always going to be easy? Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. But what it means is that we can fall back on and rely upon the fact that God gives us the very thing that we need to bring us closer to him and to have us live life to the full, the thing that he promises us. You know, I once, I, I may have even said this on the, on the podcast before, but I once heard someone say, uh, I think it was Tim Keller said that, you know, if, if we knew everything that God knows, we would ask him for exactly what he's given us. And that's, that's a hard reality to think about because sometimes the situations we're in, aren't things that we necessarily want or things that we would necessarily ask for. But when I think back on my life and the things, the ups and downs that I've seen, you know, in the moment, some of the really hard stuff was really hard. And it's not that in hindsight, those things are less hard or less hurtful or less sad. But I look at where I am now and I think I wouldn't be here without the series of events that played out in my life you know, one of the, I don't know if I've shared this on here, but one of, one of the hardest times for me um, coming out of college, graduating college, and I had spent every summer in college working at um, summer camps. Summer camps have always been a big part of my life. I've always just really loved them. And so when I was getting ready to graduate college and I was looking for jobs, I thought, you know, this this might be the last time I ever get to have a summer to just have like a summer job. And so I applied to go back and work at the camp I'd worked at the previous year, thinking like I'm a shoe in. I've been working, you know, at camps my whole life. Um, and I was like, I'm gonna. This is gonna buy me two and a half, three months uh, before I gotta grow up and be a real adult. You know, kind of like squeezing every last bit of life out of this uh, adolescence, I guess. And I rem- I'll never forget. I was on spring break of my senior year of college. I was back home. And I remember getting the email telling me that they were not going to offer me a position at the camp. And I was absolutely devastated. I I didn't understand it. I was mad. In fact, uh, I was so angry. And this will just show a little bit of the maturity level. You know, I went and, and made a Facebook group about how angry I was and invited all the people I'd worked with at that camp who were going to be working there again that summer to join it just to kind of, you know, silently protest with me. And then... A crazy thing happened. Um, because of that, I was forced a little bit to find something else. And I came up across an opportunity to work at a church in Knoxville, a two-year apprenticeship internship opportunity. And that two-year stint led me here the first time. Um, when that stint was over and I, I found the job here. But I always tell people, too, that that two years that I spent working under a, a tremendous high school pastor and a, and a dear, dear friend, an incredible mentor for me, even to this day, I tell people that those two years were super transformative for me in ministry, for who I am as a pastor. And that relationship has far exceeded that two year time gap, right? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, uh, 
I started that in 2007, and Damon Kelly, who was my mentor and my boss there, is still such a dear friend of mine. And, I mean, we're talking 15 years later. Um, a two-year program has long outlived its life, but I wouldn't have ever gotten there and in turn wouldn't have ever got here to Greenville. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have had my two beautiful daughters. I wouldn't be here at Buncombe Street if it hadn't been for not getting a job that I thought I was a shoe-in to get. And so again, I say that to say if I rest on the fact that God, God's goodness and mercy is there, I can rest assured that he knows what he's doing more than I do. So what's the second thing I think that this verse says about God? Well, it says that uh, we shall dwell where? In the house of the Lord. Now, what does that mean, house of the Lord? Does that mean church? Because we talk about this being God's house. I don't think that's really what it means in this context, but the house of the Lord being his presence, right? The the eternal presence of, of God. Um, and, and what I think that this says about God is that he's offering an invitation to us and he's offering us eternal hospitality. I don't know about you, but um, I've, I've been to a lot of houses in my life um, throughout ministry and just through general life. I've been invited to people's houses to have dinner, to hang out. Uh, my favorite house I've ever visited, there was a, a, that church I worked at in Knoxville, there was a guy that was in my small group high school guy and his grandfather had started a medical equipment business years and years and years. And his dad was now the CEO of that company. And there's a medical school at a university in Tennessee named after them. And so they had this huge house out on the lake. And I remember he would always invite us over for the Super Bowl party and we'd have the Super Bowl party at his house. And he had, this house was like four stories. There was a pool and like a big covered deck grill outdoor kitchen area. It was on the cove of the lake. He had a movie theater in this place. I mean, it was like, this was the biggest house I've ever been in. And I just remember, wow, what? If that was my house and I had all this nice stuff, I feel like I'd be really hesitant to let a bunch of teenagers come hang out all the time. But that's the kind of hospitality and invitation, you know, as, as cool as that was, it's nowhere close to being in the presence of God and to dwell in his house forever. So that's what I think it says about God. Um, one, that his goodness and mercy is favor and blessing and provision is provided for us. And then we have an invitation and a hospitality to dwell in his house. So what does this verse say about us? Well, the first thing it says is that um, that goodness and mercy that we talked about is going to follow us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. It's a pursuit. And again, this is where I think we tie back in to the rest of this chapter, this idea of the Lord as our shepherd. You remember Jesus tells the story about the shepherd who leaves the 99 to run after the one, the one lost sheep. There's always an idea that God is a pursuer, and he pursues us a lot of times whether we want to or not. But that goodness and mercy following us just re-emphasizes God's pursuit of our hearts. And the second thing that I think that this verse says about us is that we are going to dwell. We talked about that house of the Lord, the hospitality and invitation that he offers us. But it tells us that 
I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. And dwell is a word I think we generally understand. It doesn't mean I'm going to visit. I'm going to come over for the Super Bowl party. Dwell means I'm going to make this my dwelling. I'm going to live here. I'm going to rest here. I'm going to find find my soul joy in this place. And I think about the idea of moving in, moving in to the house of the Lord. Like I said, I, I uh, worked at summer camps, and summer camps have always been a big part of my life. And and off, and also, I uh, loved my four years of undergraduate collegiate studies. And part of the reason that I think I've always loved summer camps and part of the reason I loved college so much was this idea of moving in and living in a place that was different than what I was used to. It was a different kind of community. It was a little bit of like forced community. You're living with people that are your same age and life stage and in a lot of ways have similar interests and pursuits as you. And you're kind of in this like place where they're, you know, I don't know how many of you have been really, uh, have done a lot of camps throughout your life, but the thing I love about camp and maybe the thing that was always such an appeal to me is like you get to kind of escape reality whether you're there for a week or a month or a whole summer, the worries of just the grind of your regular life kind of go away. You don't think about that stuff when you're when you're pulled away and you're living at camp or when even when you're living in college, right? When you're a young adult, you're 18 to 22, you're living on your own for the first time away from home, away from mom and dad, and kind of the things you've gotten used to and the things that stress you out and worry you drift away for a while. And yeah, other things come in and it's not like college and summer camp is free from worry or frustration or, uh, you know, things that, that affect you negatively. But it's this idea of like moving in and being somewhere outside of what you're used to and outside of the things that would it distracts you almost. And so I think that's kind of what we get to do here when we dwell in the house of the Lord. We pull ourselves out of space without him, right? When we when we don't when we're not living together with God, when we're not focused on his presence, it distracts us and it causes us to worry about things that quite frankly aren't really that big of a deal. Um and we we miss the small stuff because we don't keep we miss we miss the big stuff because we focus on the small stuff. We don't keep the main thing the main thing. So that's what I think it says about us uh that we that we are followed, we are pursued and that we are allowed to move in and to dwell in his presence. And so the final question each and every week, how can this verse shape us? And so as I typically do, I try to leave you with some questions to consider and um, and just some thoughts I have on these and how they affect me. So the first question I have is, how have you seen God pursue you? Maybe in this season, maybe you're going through something really tough. How do you How do you see God pursuing you? And if you don't see it, I would challenge you to, to look around because he is pursuing you. He is. And sometimes we forget that and we don't look for it. And so we miss it. It can be easy to miss. You know, I shared, uh, I think, uh, an episode or two ago about how God has pursued me throughout my life with calling and and positions in churches and going back to school. And um, so I won't reiterate all that, but um, that's been one area that I've seen him pursue me over my life uh, lately. Pursuit looks different. You know, I think there's a lot of pursuit over 
especially with with my role here at the church, congregational engagement. I mean, there's not a template for this role. It's not. Uh, you know, when I came here, a lot of people said, "Oh, you're taking over David's job," and I and I was in part, but also given a lot of flexibility and freedom to make it my own. And this podcast is a result of that too, right? There's there was no podcast, there was no idea that I should do this. Um, and so the way I've seen God pursuing me is to say, "Hey, here's some things I've given you uh, skills and talents and loves and knowledge about, and ways that I think you can use them to connect people for the kingdom." And so. Uh, yeah, so I, that's kind of where I, I'm trying to notice his pursuit of me is is in is in this particular role and what that looks like at our church. The second question I see is where, or the second question I offer you is where is the place that you find rest? Rest, particularly in in God's presence. Where do you dwell? Where are you invited to dwell? Um, and I'm going to answer that one in conjunction with this last question, which is where are you seeing his provision and favor? And so the reason I want to combine these is for me, when I when I started thinking about these questions of where do I find rest and where do I see God's provision and favor, I think it kind of, the answer to those for me, I think is very similar. Um, and I wrote, I just wrote down, for me, the answer to that is I see, I find rest and I see his provision and favor in the things that God created uh, for me to enjoy. And that's family, um, but that's also things as innocuous as like, you know, I think I've talked on here before that I, I love soccer. I'm a big soccer fan. And part of me feels like God has created and put me in a place where I can enjoy that in person. I can go down and watch the Triumph game. I can go down and watch the Greenville Liberty game. I can watch Atlanta United in person or on TV. I've just gotten to a place where like things like that, I don't take those for granted as like, well, this isn't a church thing. This isn't a Christian thing. This isn't a Jesus thing. So it doesn't really have anything to do with my spiritual and emotional health. Well, I don't think that's true at all. I think God created everything and God created things for our enjoyment as people. Right. And for you, that might be different for you. That might be uh, hiking up the mountain for you. It might be um, playing pickleball with friends to you. It might be reading a good book or hanging out at a coffee shop, whatever it is, like, I think that there's things that God created for us to enjoy that can be that place of rest and where we see his provision and favor. Cause I, I, I see the provision and favor is like, he's providing for me to be able to have that respite from the hustle and bustle. Right. And the more that I can do that, the more that I, it allows me to focus on him. And so doesn't have to be overly spiritual to be of God. So that is going to wrap up our series in Psalm chapter 23. I hope that this has been uh, enjoyable for you. I've heard from several of you who've really enjoyed this this podcast and, and the, the shift in focus over the last month or so. Um, as I said, we're going to come back next week with more of this type of podcast going forward. So I'm going to wrap us up with a quick prayer. Father God, thank you so much for everything you do in our life, for the provision you offer us, the rest you offer us, the space you create for us to have margin. God, thank you for pursuing us and following us and offering us your goodness and mercy with certainty and assurity. Thanks for opening up and inviting us in and allowing us to dwell with you. 
and you dwell in us. And it's a hard thing for us to wrap our mind around, but I'm grateful that you're there. So as we go this week, I pray that you will remind us every day of your presence. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. I hope you'll come back next week. I hope I can't wait to to share with you what we have in store going forward um, as we turn the page, uh, rounding out towards the end of the summer and heading into fall, my favorite time of year. Uh, I think God's got some great stuff in store for our church, and I hope that this podcast is just a small, small piece of that. So until next time, grace and peace to you all. Mm-hmm.